Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I'm excited to welcome a USU professor and extension economist, Ryan Larson, to the show. Welcome, Ryan. Oh, thank you for having me. Excited to have you here and, and to chat a little bit. You know, this month, we are exploring the College of Agriculture and Applied Sciences, really looking at various ways that those degrees within the college can help us to get to uh, some career paths. So, Ryan, I would love to kick off our conversation today by having you briefly share, you know, a timeline, maybe talk a little bit about your educational background, your professional background, and, and how all of those pieces led you here to USU. Yeah, that's a that's a great, great question and great uh, starting point. So I grew up on a small farm in southern Idaho. I always dreamed of of being a farmer. That's I always thought, oh, I'm just going to farm and that's going to be my life. But my dad said I had to go to college. And so the closest university with an agricultural economics degree was Utah State University. So uh, I decided to pursue my undergrad here at Utah State. Um, because I was forced to, if I wanted to farm, I had to have the degree. So I came to Utah state. And while I was at Utah state, uh, as, as often happens in agriculture, prices go, prices are bad circumstances. And so also my dad called me one day, he said, you're going to have to think of something else to do. We're not going to farm anymore. So I really had to sit there and think, Oh man, what am I going to do now? I, my plan a had, I had failed. So uh, I decided just to, I, I kept going to school and I pursued a master's. I finished my bachelor's degree. I, uh, I went and did a master's degree at uh, University of Idaho. Then after that, I decided to work. So I worked for a bank in Southern Idaho for a little while. And then I said, you know what, I want to, I want to teach. So then I went and got my uh, PhD at Texas A&M University. Then once I completed that, then I, I took my first job at North Dakota State University. So I taught there. And then one day I saw a job opening at Utah State. And I, my wife and I had always said, if we can ever get back to Logan, we're, we're going to try. And then this came through. And as luck would have it, uh, it was a great fit. And I happened to get the job. And so we've been here since 2016 and, and just loving life. But it wasn't the path I ever dreamed about. I never dreamed when I was an undergraduate student that I'd be a professor. I never, ever dreamed of that. But you know, that's just the way life is. And when when one door closes, you go through another door. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for that that introduction. And, you know, I'm excited to chat, um, number one, because you have this amazing wealth of knowledge as a, a faculty member here at USU, but also um, because you have kind of two hats that you get to wear. And so to start off, I'd love to actually learn a little bit more about what an extension economist is and specifically here at Utah State. You know, how does it fit into the work that you do? Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons that I was excited about taking this position, because I I I do two things. I teach on campus here in Logan. So I teach undergraduate and graduate agribusiness courses, which I love. But then I also uh, work as the state specialist for agricultural economics, or as you say, I'm the extension economist. So I'm in charge of working throughout the state helping both county uh, extension faculty and, and stakeholders, farmers, ranchers, whoever that may be in the state of Utah with questions they may have about prices, marketing, farm management. So I get to spend a lot of my time 
in in the farming communities, ranching communities of Utah, which which I love. I right, that's my passion, and I get a, I get a visit with the the people that are in it day to day. So I so that's how I divide up my time between teaching and what we call adult education within the state. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm curious as we kind of shift over to the professor side of things, uh, you know, can you walk us through like an average day? I know we all have like our assumptions of what professors do. Obviously you're teaching, but I'm curious, you know, what does the preparation side and maybe some of those other pieces that, you know, a student wouldn't think about um, that a professor does. Yeah. that So I try and keep my classes as relevant as possible. So I'm always looking for updated information. I'm looking for, news articles on agriculture, uh, Twitter feeds, whatever that may be. I'm trying to find something that'll get the students engaged. Then I'm also, we do presentations all the time throughout the state. So I'm always updating presentations, making presentations, uh, working on projects related to uh, my extension program. Um, You know, this past year, we spent a lot of time on drought because that was a big topic in Utah. So, you know, on my day-to-day was preparing classes and also working on drought related issues. So um, yeah, it's one thing I love about my job. It's never the same thing every day. You don't, you know, it could be, it could be handling student problems. It could be working on a stakeholder issue, but it's always different. I love that. And I love that you're able to tie in relevant concepts and ideas into the curriculum that you're teaching. I think that's such a valuable aspect of the classroom. Um, I'm curious, as you think about these two different positions, what what are some of the areas where you find the most fulfillment in your job where you just you honestly lose track of time and it could just do that thing for forever? Oh, that's, uh, you know, what, what drove me to this profession is, is I wanted to help farmers and ranchers and, and I wanted to educate. And so what I find myself as I dive into some of these issues that I think can help farmers and ranchers. And also that's not separate from helping students. So a lot of these same topics I can bring into the classroom. So whenever I find things that I think, wow, this can, this could really help a farmer and rancher be better off. I, I can, it, the day just disappears. All of a sudden I'll look up and be like, Oh, I got to get home. <laughs> My wife's going to be mad at me if I don't, if I don't get out of here quick, but yeah, it's those topics that I think, you know, this, this could be, this could benefit someone in the farming ag, in the agricultural community. That's, that's really those type of things that, that really I can spend a lot of time on. I love that. I love that. And that's a great kind of segue into the next question, which I have, and it's kind of more about the the challenges. And again, you can speak as a professor or maybe as an economist, whichever one or both. Um, but I'm curious, what are some of the challenges in in the day to day or overarching, you know, some of the bigger tasks? What what are some of the challenges that you face and get to work through? Ooh, how, that's that's another good question. You know, some of the biggest tasks we face is is how do we prioritize our time? There's always so much to work on good projects that are happening, right? One of my favorite things is that I get to work with animal scientists, crop scientists. I mean, we get to collaborate with the rest of the College of Agriculture. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to say no to certain projects just because of time limitations. Um, But that's right. In a perfect world, time would be unlimited, but we have to allocate time. And so certain projects you just have to have to say no to. And and, and prioritize and say, you know, this is the most important thing that I feel I need to be doing right now. Definitely. And I'm curious, Ryan, can you give us a little glimpse into some of the projects you're currently working on? If you, if you're able to share. Yeah, no, no. So, you know, we have a cool project going on right now. 
looking at some alternative feeds for for cattle, right? Because we know hay is expensive, water scarce. So there's some new technology. So it's kind of fun to see this new technology coming in that could dramatically impact water usage and the overall economics for a for a farmer or rancher in the state of Utah. So we're looking at the economics of of just all these alternative alternative technologies that could really benefit and and enhance the the profitability the the economics of a of some of these farm family farms and ranchers in Utah. Very cool. And Ryan, you were reading my mind because I I wanted to ask a little a little bit about the technology side of this. You know, maybe even thinking back several years ago, maybe to when you first kind of got into the business. I'm curious. You know, how have you seen technology change the landscape of of agriculture generally? Yeah, that's you know I think back you know when I grew up. There used to be some farmers that had these satellite dishes out in front of their house and these satellite dishes that I don't, I'm sure they had to spend a lot of money on these monthly subscriptions, but these satellite dishes were connected to a computer and you could see weather and some prices. And I think that the, what's changing in agriculture is the amount of information. So I've worked with projects on uh, unmanned aerial vehicles, and really that's just gathering more information. And so as I look at agriculture and, and really what, in my mind, what's changed is the amount of information available to, to farmers, ranchers, anybody involved in agriculture, there's just so much information. And so to me, the key question is, is how do we take this information and use it to make better decisions? That's, that's really when I look at all the stuff I do, it's how do we use information to make better decisions? Because that's, I mean, uh, we've used sensors on, on cattle to see how they travel, to see you know, we've used these unmanned aerial vehicles to to gather yield information, but all that's just gathering informa- <coughs> information, excuse me. Sure. Yeah. And well, Ryan, that brings up another question. You know, you've mentioned a little bit that um, there's ongoing collaboration and, and conversations that you're having probably for both aspects of your job. And I'm curious, you know, what kinds of organizations or, you know, how are you finding these people to talk with? Talk to me a little bit about like the networking or um, the, the groups of people that you're working with. Yeah. And that's the fun part as, as that network grows, because really when I think of, you know, the career of someone in academics, you start knowing just a couple people and then that network keeps growing. And pretty soon you start getting phone calls and saying, Hey, I heard you work on this. Would you be willing to work on this? So it could be someone with a new piece of equipment. It could be, mm-hmm. I get phone calls from individual farmers and ranchers. We get phone calls from all kinds of different people, but it's just as you present and as people get to know you and, and they understand your expertise, that, that the size of that network just continues to grow and grow. Sure. No, that makes total sense. Okay. I'm, I'm very curious as you're maybe putting on your professor hat here for a minute. I'm curious, you know, when a student hears the, the degree agribusiness, that can feel maybe a little overwhelming and you're kind of wondering like, well, what exactly does that turn into? Like, so talk to me a little bit about some common career paths for students in this, this major. And that's, that's a great, you know, that's something that we get asked all the time. Oh, you're getting a degree in agribusiness. That means you're going to be a farmer. You know, even my kids, they say, oh, you teach, you teach agribusiness. That mean you teach people how to raise chickens or, I mean, that's, that's some of the common things that, that we get asked all the time. And that's when I say, you know, when, in all my experience, I've been in Texas, I've been in North Dakota, Idaho, Utah, 
agriculture is so big and so diverse that it's not just about farming and ranching. There's so many good jobs. So when I, when a student asked me, you know, what, what does a degree in agribusiness? I say, it really will take you anywhere you want to go because agriculture, it could be production. It could be, you know, a big piece of agriculture now is marketing and value added products and understanding those. So we've had, we've had students that have gone to Cargill, um, you know, big trading companies that trade actual commodities. We send a lot of students to uh, financial institutions. Of course, we send some back to the farm. But even when you look at these farms, these these farms are highly sophisticated. And so even the knowledge that they have to have, it's not just about how to drive a tractor, but it's how to manage these organizations. So when a student asks me, I say, where do you want to go in an agribusiness? Because it is broad enough and our classes, and that's what we've really tried to do is make our classes broad enough that it can, it can take you just about anywhere you want to go. Hey, this is perfect. Cause it leads me to my next question, which is about the, the niches, you know, so if a student comes to you and, and you explain that to them, what are some of the common kind of niches like students often consider within the agri agribusiness umbrella? So um, are you asking where, where some of the common jobs that they're getting? Sure. Yeah, that's common... great. So uh, what I say when a student graduates with an agri agribusiness degree, they they're able to, to use information to make decisions. So numbers, whatever. So we see a lot of students that go into organizations where they're asked to analyze data and make and make decisions accordingly. So, for example, we have a student that works for uh, J.R. Simplot Company as a so he he helps to manage a lot of their research trials and analyze the data that they're gathering from these research trials. So he he's been able to use a lot of the the skills that he learned through his ag business degree, those quantitative skills, to help him. And he's really found this a, a nice niche in, in that he's he understands production, but he also understands numbers. And mm -hmm. so he's able to fulfill those two roles where he's, yeah, I understand agriculture, but I also understand numbers. And we, we, and I, I, as I think about it, I think that's kind of where we send a lot of those students that understand both the agricultural side, but also are able to, to analyze and quantify and, and make sense of, of the numbers and the data. So that's either through JR Simplot, we have some working for, uh, the largest hops growing operation in, in Idaho, which it's a pretty cool story, but she, you know, she, she manages the blueberry side and the hops. I mean, all kinds of stuff where she's taking all these numbers and putting them to good use. So, so yeah, so that's, in my opinion, that's it right there. Understanding some agriculture and applying those numbers and that those quantitative skills to, to answer questions. Make great. better decisions. Yeah, those are some great examples. I'm curious. So let's say we have a student who maybe just declared their major in agribusiness and they're starting to kind of get their toes wet, learn some basic content, and they really want to get some, some experience in the real world. You know, what do you recommend to students who are maybe very new to agribusiness in terms of getting that experience? Yeah, first off, one thing I love is I love having students that love agriculture, but maybe didn't grow up in the traditional agricultural sense. And that's when I say, you are exactly what we need for the future is people that love agriculture, because not all of us grew up on a farm and that's, and that's totally fine. But if you love agriculture or any aspect of it, 
you will you will succeed and and be able to find success in in any of these fields. So first off, don't ever apologize for not growing up on a farm or a ranch, right? If you yes. love, get, love ag, you are going to be just fine. And then secondly, uh, right, take advantage of every opportunity. It's very rare that I find a student that's done internships, which I have more employers calling me and say, hey, we have this internship we can't fill. Do you have any students? So there's an excess demand of internships. So if you've done an internship, if you've uh, networked and gone to the career fairs, you, you know, you are going to have so many opportunities when all is said and done. But if you get to the end of your undergraduate degree and have never done an internship, don't attend career fairs, then all of a sudden you think the, the jobs are going to start knocking at your door. That's a harsh reality. But, you know, if, if you can get that experience and that internships to me are the key to this whole process. Uh, and there's there's some really fun internships out there that on the production side, on the management side. But there's some fun ones that students have really learned a lot. And, and, and most of the time, at the end of the day, they're offered a job at the end, if that's something they're interested in. Yeah. Well, first of all, Ryan, thank you for the little plug about career fairs. We always do our best to promote them, but it's great to hear it from faculty uh, that students are, are finding those valuable. Um, number two, um, going back a little bit to something you mentioned about um, the skill sets needed for a profession, you know, within this within within the industry. I'm curious. You mentioned the need for um, some of those like an analytical and, and maybe technical skills. On the flip side, what are some of the more interpersonal skills that you see as just as valuable for students to be gaining? Yeah, that's a great. Uh, we we brought in a a couple years ago. We brought in a bunch of our key employers throughout the West and sat them down. And that we asked them that question. We said, what are the key skills that we need to be teaching our students in our classes? And interestingly enough, the number one skill was, was an interpersonal, right? And, and so we really had to take a step back and say, oh boy, that's not really our training, but how can we help our students? Because how do you manage conflict? How do you interact with people? How do you communicate? Um, if you're in a sales role, how do you how do you approach the sales role? So those soft skills are just as vital as those concrete math, quantitative type skills, because employers, you know, at the end of the day, employers going to help you with some of those skills. But if they really want someone that can fit into a system, fit into their culture and really kind of thrive interpersonally with with their with their company. And so that's exactly right. That's and that's something we're still trying to to enhance and and help our students become better at is those interpersonal skills that that uh, that really at the end of the day are are key as well. Sure. Yeah. And I think you know back to your point about internships. That's one of one of the many benefits of an internship is you're you're taking your knowledge and you're applying it in the real world, which which almost always forces you to work on some of those interpersonal skills. And so, you know, um, from the career design center perspective, we see that as a huge value for students to really start putting into practice some of those interpersonal skills. So I love that you touched on both, both of those different pieces. Um, as a final question with for you today, Ryan, I would love to maybe have you think back to, um, you know, freshman aged Ryan back in the day, you were just starting your, your bachelor's degree you know, what advice would you give, give to yourself maybe during that first year of, of college? Yeah, I look, I think about that a lot because I was pretty naive. Uh, 
I didn't take advantage. I wish someone would have told me and sat me down and said, Ryan, you need to take advantage of every opportunity the university has. It's not just about going to class. It's about attending career fairs. It's about being part of student run clubs. It's about looking for internships and networking with employers. I, I thought I thought the university experience was playing intramurals and going to class. That's which <laughs> nothing wrong with those two no, things. No, no, but... That's no, but I really I thought education and and that's why I try and tell my students. I say, class the classroom portion is part of the education, but there's so many other pieces that that really complete your education experience. And so uh, that's what I, I think about. That I think, man, I wish someone would have told me, Ryan, you need to wake up and. And start being involved with with more than just going to class and working and doing those things. There's there's a lot that that take goes into a, a university education. Absolutely. Well, for those of you listening, uh, I hope that you take Ryan's advice and and really get involved. Um, you know, whether you're on the Logan campus at the statewide level, um, you know, internationally, wherever you're at, I hope that you you take advantage of the many resources that are offered both in person and virtually um, at, at Utah State University. Well, Ryan, we're we're out of time, but I so appreciate you taking. Um, a few minutes out of your day to chat with us about the unique work that you're doing here at Utah State University. So appreciate you. No, thank you so much for having me and, and for doing this. This is this is wonderful. So thank you. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 